Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm Joy Dooling, and you are listening to the Joy of Membership podcast. This podcast is for membership leaders. So we talk about strategies for attracting, engaging, and retaining members. But that's not entirely the focus of the show, because let's be honest here, there is no shortage of advice out there on best practices in membership. What we need to talk about is how to actually make those things possible in the real world, how to be absolutely sure that growth practices are going to stick, how to make those things easier, more consistent, and even automatic in some cases. Sound good? Then stick around because we're about to jump into it. Hey there, Joy Dooling here, host of the Joy of Membership podcast. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode. We talk a lot in this show about providing members with value. If you've listened to many episodes, you've probably noticed that being truly helpful for members comes in many different shapes and sizes. And I hope that you find the stories that you've heard to be inspirational and full of little idea nuggets that you can apply to your own organization. Still, you may find yourself returning to questions like, how can my organization create more value? Are there parts of the member experience where we aren't performing as well as we could? If those questions feel familiar, I'd like to invite you to download my free member experience scorecard. It's a quick one-page assessment that tells you exactly where your membership-based organization has areas of strength that you can build on and areas of gap where you're probably going to want to improve. The scorecard is free and in less than 10 minutes, you'll gain some actionable insights. You can grab your copy right now at joyofmembership.com slash scorecard. Matt, George, and I live in the same town, but we hadn't actually met until we recorded today's interview. Oh, sure, I had heard of Matt. After all, he is the CEO of Children's Home Association of Illinois. I knew of the work that he did. I knew that he had a book out for nonprofits, but I did not fully realize how innovative Matt's approach was until I started looking more closely. In fact, Kevin Harrington, who is known as the inventor of the infomercial and was the original shark on Shark Tank, says Matt George's new book called Nonprofit Game Plan is a game changer, and he called Matt the nonprofit CEO of our time. So obviously, I had to talk to Matt and let you listen in on that conversation. Hey, Matt George, and welcome to the Joy of Membership podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. The invite, I really appreciate it. So tell us about the Children's Home Association of Illinois and who you help. Well, uh, one of the real cool things about what we do here at Children's Home it starts with the longevity. We've been around 154 years. So since 1866, and that's a long time ago. And, and so that's helping a lot of uh, children and families over those years. And now today, we're a huge, we have 450 employees. We have an annual budget of 30 million. We have 54 plus programs. 
And we have everything from residential to foster care, major focus on behavioral health. We have a school. We help uh, young teen moms. We have homeless youth. We have, you just, you name it. If it's community related, if it's kid and family related, that's what we do. And we help and we change lives and save lives daily. That's awesome. What attracted you personally to this work? Well, uh, I've been a nonprofit my whole life. Um, I, you know, it started early on when I was 16. I had a friend of mine uh, pass away from cancer and and I I was in high school and I didn't know uh, what was going on. And it just, it, it put a hole in my heart. And I decided that I'm going to raise some money for this family. And I did my first event at age 16 and raised $3,000 and helped defray the costs of um, the funeral. And from age 16, and I'm 50 now, I've been raising money for nonprofits and for people in need ever since. And, And once you start helping people and knowing that you can make a difference, it's very hard to sit there and change your mindset to say, you know what, I'm going for profit. Uh, it, it's that non-for-profit gets in your blood and helping people, having that compassion. Um, it's really what drives me personally and it feels good. I could not agree more. It definitely gets in your blood. Yeah. On the day that I reached out to you, I had been reading the results of a survey and the survey Uh, there were more than 1,100 membership-based organizations that had participated in this um, survey. And it was really about how they had transitioned to a virtual format. And by far, the events that had successfully transitioned or been sort of early adopters of moving virtual were the ones that, you know, you would expect to be easier to take virtual um, trainings, you know, conference sessions, things like that. But the piece where it seemed like organizations were lagging were the fundraising events, yes. um, galas, yes. golf outings, things like that. And then all of a sudden, I ran across that same day your no tee off tourney. And I yeah. thought, this is really innovative. And this is an organization that you know, looked at the barrier of having to be virtual and figured out a really creative solution. So could you tell us about that no tee off tourney and where that idea came from and how it's going to work for your organization? Yeah, we, uh, it's called the no tee time tourney and it's an online golf outing. Um, we, we teamed up with the people in uh, top golf. And so they're based out of California and we started talking to them. This was probably in March when, when COVID hit, I mean, we started planning and realizing that things were going to change pretty quickly because we had um, a gala set up already that we had to do something for. And then we were thinking, okay, we have a regular, we team up with Maui Jim and Maui Jim does this great, huge, big golf tournament for us and raises all kind of money for us. That's usually in August. And then in September, we have this um, are one of our other big events. And so thinking, let's play the what if game. We can't have any in-person fundraising. What are we going to do? <clears throat> so we had to pivot quickly. We decided to team up with Top Golf, And uh, 
we came up with this idea. Now, the hard thing to do is to convince sponsors uh, that, you know, we've got this. Because it, it in a way, it gives sponsors an out. Mm-hmm. Not that they don't want to help, but they also don't want to throw away money. So they want to make sure that your mission is still being uh, tended to, that people are being taken care of, that your community is being taken care of. And then it goes to the event. Once they've checked the boxes of all that, then they feel better. We went to all of our sponsors. We got every one of them back. Wow. Um, P- yeah. PNC uh, Bank is our title sponsor. And they said, we love the idea. We're going to get our um, our team at PNC involved. And we came up with this idea to do a virtual golf tournament. And, and so it's going to run from September 24th to October 1. And you can download an app. Uh, it's a WGT app by Top Golf, And you can play on your laptop. You can play anytime you want. You can play at home and get a glass of wine. You could do whatever you want to do. And we're recording the scores. We're having different contests like long drive and closest to the pin and all those things. We're doing everything that we can that is almost emulates a regular golf tournament. And we're putting it into the virtual format. And it is really cool. So if you know the game Golden Tee, it, the video game Golden Tee, it's kind of like that. And it's, you know, I've let my, um, my kids play it. It's very user-friendly. Um, we're only charging $50 to, uh, to sign up. And you can uh, sign up and register at, at our website at chail.org. It's chail.org. And we're trying to get everybody signed up by um, September 1. And, and we're even, we even have a silent auction going. We've got all kinds of sports memorabilia and, and fun things. And, you know, there, there's a cash winner to this. So the winner of the golf tournament gets $500. It's an 18-hole tournament. And we are just excited about it. Pretty pumped. Well, and I wonder with the change in format, if you'll actually get people um, engaged in the virtual game who wouldn't typically be golfers out on a golf course. You know, we talk about that a lot. Actually, we had a meeting about that yesterday. We're seeing some of our golf courses that we usually have not wanting to do this, and we're but we're gaining new um, donors on the other side. And so it's the reason why we price pointed it at $50 is because we thought, you know, if we could get 50 to 100 new donors signed up and know what we do here at Children's Home, it really is almost a long-term play for us because we're looking at it as how can we go out and talk about Children's Home? How can we raise a little money at the same time? But also, it's a branding opportunity for us. And so we're looking at that. And so one of the things that I wanted to tell you is um, we actually have a discount code for every one of your listeners. And it's JOY. <laughs> so it's JOY10. And you put it in on the on our website and you get $10 off the $50. So it's JOY10 on our website at chail.org and it gives you $10 off the registration. Is the joy uppercase, lowercase? Does it matter? It's the J's uppercase. Okay. The rest of it's. I'll make sure that gets put in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Thank you for doing that. 
Yes. Um, so overall, as the CEO of an organization that works on, you know, really tough issues and, um, you know, working for a nonprofit is hard some days. Yeah. There are a lot of pressures. How do you keep your team and your organization, you know, focused on the possibilities and being innovative rather than kind of getting stuck with, you know, the barriers that seem like they just keep coming in 2020. Right. Um, you do a lot of things. One, uh, you need to over communicate during this time. Um, I've personally sent out 20, uh, 22, I think is the number of uh, CEO updates to the agency wide I've filmed several videos and sent them out to our team. Um, I have, with my mask on in my car, made runs to Youth Farm, which is our residential facility, and I go wave at the kids and and staff and and uh, just to make sure people are know that they're appreciated. Um, and that's one thing. Now, in our business, uh, you know, we're the largest social service agency outside of Chicago. We're huge, and so. We have 1,700 kids a month flow through our agency. When you have that, when you have that many kids and families and, uh, that you're working with, something good or bad happens every five minutes. So you have to understand that that's the business that, that we're in. During this COVID-19 uh, pandemic, we, we're essential workers. So we, we haven't been working from home. Uh, we have been here on site. We have different locations all over town and we take care of those kids and that's our job and that's our duty. And, and I tell people when they first start working here, um, you'll get hooked if you let, if you allow yourself to get hooked, if not, you're not going to make it because you have to go all in. You have to have the passion for the job, but you have to have compassion for each other. If you don't have compassion for each other and understand that, we all have different jobs, but at, at the end of it, we're all the same. Uh, we're, we're here to take care of families and change lives and save lives. And if that's not the, the mentality across the board, then uh, it won't work. Well, your cause is near and dear to my heart as someone who, you know, in my early career worked in child welfare and, you know, um, was kind of in that social services space. So I know that the work that you're doing is so important every day. And I thank you so much for doing it. Um, What is the best way for people to connect with um, the children's home if they want to help? Well, uh, there's several ways you can help. Right now, we're limiting our um, volunteers. We, we're just trying to keep everybody healthy, including the kids. And and uh, so usually we have about 1,000 volunteers a year. So stay tuned on that because hopefully in the next few months, things will turn. Um, the other way is just to go on our website. And if you're interested in jobs, we have a virtual job fair that's going on right now. And so you can click on, and we have videos from every one of our departments explaining what we do. There are holidays coming up. And so uh, last year we helped 2,200 kids receive gifts. And so we reach out to the community, that option and that info will be on the website. Um, And and then you can also uh, donate if you wanted to, if you wanted to, um, there's so many different things that you can do, and and uh, we just appreciate our community. We love our community. Um, it, I, I say it all the time. It's about community. It's not just about children's home. 
it's really all the social service agencies and we all have to get along and we all have to work together. Well, Matt, I wanted to um, close out this interview today by letting people know you do have a book that's available out on Amazon. And there was a paragraph in there that really um, struck me when I was looking through it. And that was, um, you know, because we talk a lot about value here. Um, This paragraph in particular spoke to me. And it was um, whenever someone asks me a question about what a nonprofit organization is doing or whether the money they're spending is worth it, I encourage them to try to see the value that may see invisible at first. I always ask what would happen if we didn't do what we're doing? What if there were no community-based programs? What if more kids would be on the street? How many kids would end up in jail or trafficked? And I just thought that that question is a beautiful question for any organization to be asking, you know, what would happen if we didn't exist, if we didn't do the work that you know, we do. Um, I think that's, that's where you really find the palpable value in what yeah. an organization does. So um, thank you. I thought that was really helpful. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you for mentioning the book. I, I you know, I wrote the book um, to really talk about how important nonprofits are, but, but how important people are. Um, the quote that you just had is the, the, the short answer is you don't want to know what happens if there's no children's talk. Um, I don't know if everybody can say that. That's that's the honest answer. There's a lot of duplicative programs that really need to kind of look at each other and maybe merge or collaborate more because there's there's just too much. But at the same time, it does come down to taking care of people and taking care of the community that you live in. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Matt, for being here, spending a few minutes with us today. Really appreciate it. And I will be sure that people get all the um, links to the good things that you mentioned um, in the show notes. Uh, We appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me. Anytime you need me to come back, I will. You've got a great show. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey there, you made it all the way to the end. Bravo to you. I'm back in just one last time to remind you that there's a free one-page PDF available over at the website that shows you more than 20 ways that technology could be supporting your efforts to attract, engage, and retain more members. It's actually broken down into the stages of the member journey, so you'll know exactly where each piece fits. And everything that's on that one-pager can actually be automatically done for you with software that costs less than $1,000 per year. So if you haven't already grabbed it, you can get your copy at joyofmembership.com slash tech. joyofmembership.com slash tech, T-E-C-H. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.